And that, ladies and gentlemen, is what the Del Fox say. Thank you and good night. Shortest episode ever. That makes problems solved, right? Yeah, new record. Yeah, new record. Yeah, no. That was that was a fox scream, wasn't it? That, yes. I believe that was uh, specifically the vixen scream because they like they have they can make like forty sounds. Yeah, they foxes are noisy animals. We're gonna talk about this more later, but like if you want a fox as a pet, don't. <laughs> uh, real quick. Uh, so at my old house, we used to have a lot of bunnies running around the neighborhood, and then at three a.m. one night. I was woken up to that scream and I swear I thought it was like a woman screaming for help. And so I like ran outside and there was just this red fox sitting in the middle of the road staring at me. And I was like, "Uh uh-oh, whoops, (laughs) carry on. (laughs) So for those who haven't figured it out yet, we are talking about foxes. Welcome to another episode of Poke Science. I'm Lucas. Chris is over there and uh, Don's the one with the weird fox scream. Again, it's the alert call. They're alerting you. I want that to be your text tone at this point. Like, literally just make that. And, like, literally, you're just out, like, getting some pasta at Olive Gardens or whatever. And just, like, <laughs> Maybe <laughs> at, uh, maybe if I go to, like, maybe at Dragon Con. Yeah, it's a dra- Dragon Con. That's Dragon how you Con. get like, everyone's We're in the middle of the talk of, like, like fossil Pokemon. And the Kabuto is forging. <laughs> oh, no, sorry, bro. My pizza's coming in. Give me a second. I'll be right back. <laughs> uh, so, we are going to talk about foxes. This was a request, actually one of our older requests that we just never got to because, I don't know, a lot of things piled up. And Fox Pokemon, they're interesting. We'll get into it. But having done the research on this one, it's it's lazier than I thought. It's still cool. I mean, foxes are cool as is, so you don't really got to do much. Yeah, they don't need to do much to make them interesting. I, You know what? We'll get into it. For now, cue the music. Oh, yes. Uh... I set it down. Ah! Yeah, so science news. Um, I saw this earlier this week. I thought it was pretty cool. Um, this guy, Andy Moore, um, up in Nebraska, was he was doing a fishing tournament, and he snagged what he thought was like initially just like a relatively recent skeleton. And he posted pictures of it on social media after putting it back and leaving it in the water. And someone pointed out that that's actually like a fossilized fish skeleton. They went out back out and got it. I think they said it was like around 90 million years old. And it belongs to a uh, an ancient piece of fish that was called the bulldog fish that could get like 20 feet long and 500 to 1,000 pounds, three-inch teeth. I just thought it was really cool that this guy was out fishing and he caught an ancient fish. This is a really scary-looking fish. Yeah, I had not heard of it before either. So I think it's pretty cool that... We all learned a new fish today. And it's a good thing he didn't throw it back. Yeah. No, <laughs> apparently some dinosaur 90 million years ago picked it out. Mm, little too small. Throw it back in. Let it die naturally. I don't know. I guess they had some good fishery management skills up in the Cretaceous period. Good for them. So Pokemon news. We got a pretty big dump of Pokemon news. I talked a little bit about Cyclar in, our, in the lecture, but like... Cyclazar. Cyclazar, yeah. Like, I mean, like, we got some... Forget Cyclazar for a moment. These moves and these items, though. Yeah. Don, you're already salivating on, what, oh, ne- yes, mirror, yes. mirror Herb and what was the one for flinching? Uh, um. So, yeah, the cloak, uh, cloak, something, concealing cloak, I think it is, is basically shield dust for the item. Where um, it's not really like fake fake out flinches are the big one, but it, it blocks any secondary effect of a move like Rabombi shield dust. 
Um, so the big one's Fake Out. It gives Whimsicott an item to run that's not Eject Button or Focus Sash. And you can kind of like definitely do a lot of nutty stuff. Maybe put it on a Trick Room Setter that's like not afraid of being taunted. Um, so maybe like go the Slow Bro route or something like that. Um, or just, you know, put it on something weird that you like a setup mon or something just that you think is going to get faked out. that just won't. I was reading on Twitter that some people said that Covert Cloak is going to be a Garchomp's best friend because someone said like, oh, I can just hit the Dragon Dance button without worrying about getting flinched and murdered. Potentially. Um, I, I I feel like that's definitely a use it can have. Uh, I definitely think in a best of one scenario, it's going to show up on a lot of random things. I think it's definitely going to find a niche like among setup stuff that Maybe they don't want to waste a slot on Protect for the fake out, and they can just always get their Tailwind or their Trick Room or something like that off. Yeah, I think um, Talonflame, if it makes it into the game, could really use that. Yeah, Talonflame would uh, like it. Um, it does also, I think, unless they take, they might take away Quick Guard, who knows. But that's only for fake out. But really, too, things that just get, um, really, if you could find something that also, you know, things that uh, don't like getting Scald Burn. So honestly, guards, physical attackers would probably like it. Garchomp would probably like it. Would it block things like Spore and Thunder Wave? No, so those that's a, the primary effect of the move is to do that thing. Um, think of it as like, it's like the opposite of Sheer Force, where like Sheer Force, you lose the secondary effects to do more damage. Um, it's the same principle with like, like I said, Ravambi has Shield Dust. So basically if a move also does damage, I don't know how the code exactly works, but I think that means it's like the primary effect. Um, so anything that's purely status will not be affected. So yeah, that could also mean like no... Rock slide flinches. No rock slide flinch. No. Um, it might be interesting on Lucario because it has um the inner focus or what was it? Well, uh, steadfast. Well, that prevents. I think you have to flinch to then get the buff. Oh, okay. And okay. after after inner focus is buff anyway. Inner focus like with the now also immunity immunity to intimidate is just. I think it's too good. The item everyone's least excited about, loaded dice. That's that increases your odds of uh, multi-hit moves, right? Yeah, but it doesn't make it to five. It's not like a pocket skill link. It's just like, well, here's a chance to get it to five. I wonder, yeah, I, I think uh, it'll be interesting to see like once the data miners and whatnot have their way with it. Um, if we can see who the, uh, you know, who the, uh, like what, the, well, sorry, not who, but like what the odds are. You know, is it, is it like, is it like just a bit more or is it totally worth it? We talking like a thirty-three percent boost or a fifty percent boost? Like, what are we looking at here? Yeah, I did see some people talk about potentially like Breloom going Terra Grass for double stab and just like sending it with Bullet Seed. It's like boosted by Technician plus double stab plus good attack plus hitting more. It's a murder mushroom. Murder mush. I mean, it already had Spore. Like, it was already dangerous enough that it was. <laughs> Uh, then the other one, I, I call this one the communist herb. It's not all, it's not your stat boost, our stat boost. Yeah, no, mirror herbs are very interesting as well. Um, it lets you copy the opponent's stat boost. I guess like I think you have to. I'm assuming yeah, you probably have to be on the field when they boost. I believe um, from what we've seen from the videos, it makes sense that you would you can just switch in later and have it auto psych up. Is it is it only boosts? I th believe it's only boosts. Okay, because that could also like, what if you like charmed your special attacker? Yeah, no, I believe your... it says. Um, I believe it says. Uh, I want to say it says boost in the item description, and we someone went through and checked the Japanese descriptions as well, and both of them specify opponents boost. So we don't. It doesn't seem like you can like belly drum next to your mirror or Pokemon, and they just have two. You can't geomancy your partner. I remember years ago, it, I can't remember when it was, there was a, uh, a crazy team at Worlds 
like 14 or 15 maybe i remember it had a, like a geomancy like heart swap smeargle so the smeargle with geomancy and then heart swap swaps the boosts with your target and they were heart swapping it on to all sorts of weird stuff i think there was an auroras on that team if i remember correctly i think it was no all the way same team. that's like the worst pokemon oh my god and they actually used it right I don't, I don't remember. I just remember hearing about it. That might have even just been a different team that happened to have an Aurorus that made like a an impact one day at Worlds. Um, yeah, so I'm I sorry. Say Anytime it was like, I think of Aurorus, I just think Glass Jaw. Yeah, it, it's definitely definitely made of glass. It does do good damage though. It can do good damage in the right scenario. So, so fragile. Now we do have to talk about Cyclozar, but more specifically, Cyclozar's move, like the shedding tail. Yeah, I think it's going to be... I think it's... So it leaves a free substitute, and they switch out. Um, it seems like it takes half their HP instead of uh, a quarter. Mm-hmm. Now, that's my question, though. Like, w will the substitute only carry a quarter of the health, and the other 25% was just taxes dude because you just pulled off a good move, or will the substitute have half your health? Yeah, that'll be an interesting, inter uh, interesting thing to see. I'm assuming it will not pass on boost, because it doesn't say anything about it, but, like, who knows? It could... Um, and we'll have to see if it is a signature move or if it's a uh, just like one of those rare moves that's kind of a signature move, but a few things get like boom burst. It would be super broken if it went to like something with regenerator, like slow king. Slow bro, slow bro, and slow king make a lot of sense to learn it. Um, if they went only lizards, we have like Heliolisk and uh, Salazzle. I mean, Heliolisk has got the speed, so it's not the worst idea. Yeah, it's pretty frail though but like yeah and like you could look at like I, I really think a slow user if i'm trying to think of a slow lizard or something that would count as a lizard would really be i think could be because then you would move last and you'd get a like assuming it was like a slow bulky pokemon you would move last get that substitute up and now your partner is in for free into the turn behind the substitute with the substitute intact so i could see that doing some uh i, th I, th I think it's an interesting move and we'll have to see how cyclozar is and if other things can have it yeah, normal dragon type. Haven't seen one of those in a little bit. Or, or if it's, it's yeah. evolutions get it too. Like yeah, that's true. Uh, someone pointed Maridon. out something really cool, whereas that um, the two legendaries in Scarlet and Violet, one's purple, one's red, they pointed out that the middle ground would be green. And so I was like, yeah, this is... I thought that was a really cool observation of like, yeah, no, that's awesome. Like the fact that on the color spectrum, green would be right in the middle. That's, that's yeah. really cool. I'm glad... Well, we have seen that. a lot of like past and future sort of theming. Um, so I, I do think like they could be uh, the other two could be like the different iterations and then Cyclozar is like the, the modern version. Now, we can't finish this. Now, we are recording on August 30th because we all have places to be for Labor Day weekend. But we kind of have to talk about the Pokemon we know the name of but haven't seen yet. What is Gr it? Grafii? Grafii. Grafii. It's Grafii. 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 This is like Graffiti II. Yeah, and so my eyes are well known for their graffiti skills. <laughs> uh, if you haven't seen it, Pokemon was tweeting all about it. How there's this Pokemon making all these colors in the woods, and honestly, it was a direct reference to the uh, the what is it, the Oma Forest? I, I think, yeah, the Oma Forests in Spain are a painted group of forests. Uh, we'll talk more about them once we actually know more about the game and the creature. But with the name and the silhouette alone, it's enough for us to know that one, it's paint and stuff, and two, it's more than likely related to the II, which is a we talked about it a few years ago on the show, hideous lemur cousin 
weird freakish middle finger points at you and people think it curses you for life. Pretty cool animal, all the things considered. Actually, very, very interesting. Very interesting yeah. lemur. Dev took like a different sort of path than a lot of lemurs did. <laughs> that's that's one way of saying it, Don. Yeah, the, the middle finger will actually tap onto like wood and actually feel the vibration. So that way you can tell if there are insects in it. Kind of like a woodpecker with a lighter touch. It's really interesting. And then they can just use a weird middle finger to scoop it out. Admittedly, if that thing pointed at me, I'd probably have a nightmare or two. But I mean... Still kind of sad that people try and kill him. It's not. Yeah. Not cool. All right. And final final sort of Pokemon news we've got to hop on. Um, I don't think we have to record it since the World Championships happened. No, we did not. That was a, that was a heck of a game. That was a, that was were, a yeah, lot. That, that was a, there were a lot of parts. That was a big, I think the first uh, four decks was Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Grand Finals on Sunday. Um, and we had a lot of cool teams, um, some good variety. Yo, Ben, if you're listening, you're a mad lad and I love you. Your team was dope. I wanted Ben to win so bad. That dude was sick. Ben had a really cool team at Chef VGC, I think is his Twitter. Um, really cool Curum team. Some cool stream games as well. Um, but congratulations to uh, Eduardo Cunha, our Masters champion. Um, and as well as, uh, I apologize if I mess up any names, Yasuharu uh, from Japan, our senior champion. And Kosaka Miyamoto, also from Japan, our junior champion. So congratulations to all of our all of our new world champions. Uh, hope next year you see if you guys you know go for the repeat. It'd be pretty cool. Um, but yeah, a lot of cool teams. Uh, the ca- I thought the casting. Did you guys watch much of it? I watched bits and pieces on the weekend. I I really thought the way they did the casting this year, um, like the sort of in between where previously it was sort of just like a screensaver with random facts about Kyoker. Oh yeah, didn't they have like Cybertron doing? Yeah yeah, Cybertron, Aaron Zhang. Um, really really excellent caster that he basically had a little talk show where him and like players or other uh other commentators would review the matches and kind of do turn by turns and explain things in depth which i really thought was a cool adaptation uh, but yeah I, I have recommended everyone that hasn't watched the worlds i think they're all on nintendo's youtube channel or twitch um and the other thing charizard uh surprisingly enough was the one of the three can we almost had a triple canter canto starter triple finish um, I believe it. I believe, and I might be wrong. It was a uh, Blastoise for the uh, junior, and then a Venusaur for the senior player. And we would have had a Blastoise in Masters, um, or not Blastoise, a Charizard in Masters. Um, who Charizard's been such a big presence this season, and it was actually the last Dynamax we saw of the World Championships. But I think it was like promptly KO'd, which I think people that are done with Dynamax were kind of excited by that omen. Yeah. Um, it, yeah, no, this was the only tournament we got for Sword and Shield. Like This, this was the only the Dynamax one. tournament. Yeah. The only World Champion tournament. Yeah, There's the only World Champion <laughs> tournament. Yeah, no, that's what I meant. The only okay. World Championship with this. And that's like, well, it's gone now. Moving on to putting diamonds on our heads. Yes. Yes. Well, so now I believe Ensign is tied for the most World Champions Ensign, with Salamates. I believe it is. It also has, Gastron I think is now two in a row. Um, so good for the slug and the fans of the slug. Um, and I think, but Insin is the only one to do three in a row. I believe. But I, I think that's uh, a little bit of a broken because it would have, it would not have won three in a row if not for three years of, or two years of no worlds. Cause it wasn't in the game. That's right. But they had to wait. Well, yeah, but they had to add it to the, that's actually why they delayed worlds. Yeah. 
And they had to wait until Insin was in the game. <laughs> there well, there's the, an Insin, there's an Insin dev, Insin dev over at Game Freak who just like strategizes ways to get Insin into every game. And now because it won Worlds, they can do a World Championship distribution event two months into Scarlet and Violet, and uh, give us an Incineroar again. They just so we, can, we can never escape. Jokes on you, Tiger. I'm wearing my cloak, and I'm gonna beat you to death. I will literally like get like a Charizard, have it turn into a dragon just for fun, and beat the snot out of it. Just like, no, you don't get to beat so me. Terra types into a fairy. Uh, and Don, I think Charizard is now the only Kanto starter that does not have a Masters World title. Correct. Yes, so I um, made a joke the other day about, and it turns out there, I believe, in 2015, seniors, um, Charizard Y did, in fact, win Worlds. So it does ha- have a World Championship. Um, Just not Masters. I think it's the only one of the three without a championship. Um, well, I don't know if the other two have a championship in seniors. I guess, so I guess they all really have championships, but um, it would have just been cool if Charizard won Masters um, this year. Because it still hasn't won Masters. It has won in the TCG when it was with the uh, Reshiram card, but Reshiram what... did the heavy lifting, and I base that off nothing. <laughs> what what I think is funny is that with this year's winner, both Bibarel and Pikachu have as many world titles in the cards as Charizard. That's fun. Uh, the uh, the winning deck in TCG, I forget the player, but they were running a flying Pikachu V Max deck that was very popular. I heard a lot of things about Flying Pikachu. Flying Pikachu with his balloons won Which the TCG. We saw, we saw Terra Flying Pikachu in the world's... Uh, I imagine that's a little nudge right there. Yeah, you get to keep one. That's one of the pre-orders. It's like, yeah, you can get a Flying Pikachu. Maybe Flying Pikachu will continue its dominance and win the VGC Worlds in Yokohama. Uh, <laughs> and then... Uh, Honestly, uh, Sha- t- oh my god, the Flying type with Lightning Rod's finally achievable. They took, oh, away, God. they took away light they took away lightning rod zapdos but we will have another <laughs> I, I also want to give a shout out to the first uh pokemon go world champion dancing rob but speaking of go we'll hit the go news very soon but we're starting a new season the season of light which is uh going to be centered on uh all the alone getting the krasma yes uh, it's oh, all the sick. all the alolan legendaries so you get cosmog cosmome Lunala, uh, Solgaleo, and Necrozma. They're also, they've been tweeting really weird constellations and people have been figuring it out. But it looks like Mega Alakazam is going to be a raid boss this season. And then the in the Battle League, they actually did a massive, massive move update. I think someone tallied it up that like over a hundred different Pokemon have been touched by the move update. Which makes sense because they had put off a couple because they didn't want to shake up the meta before worlds but right. some of the like the heavy hitters like registeel zap cannon got a nerf uh walrein uh got a pretty big nerf with its charged move big news for me is that the terror that is mill tank rollout mill tank is coming to pokemon go and they will finally know the terror that vgc knew back in the day against whitney <laughs> But there's a couple different moves, a couple different mons that are kind of popping up. Is rollout, be... um, is rollout good in Pokemon Go? It's a good rock charged move, yeah. Gotcha. It's not like super dominant, but it's gonna be really fun. I think it's gonna make basically it can get like two charged moves, and I think like seven ish seconds because it can get to two body slams in seven seven and a half seconds, which is pretty good. But the uh the Go Battle Reward, Lucas, this one's for you, is Ooh. you can unlock the Guzma pose. If you reach legend, so you have to, you have to, you have to get up there. 
your boy. But you can gang, dress gang. like you can dress like Guzma with the chain and everything. Let's go! I love those idiots. They're the dumbest losers on the planet. Of course they're the best evil team, because they're not actually evil. They're just idiots. Yeah. Well, doesn't Team well- Yell just sort of do that? I mean, they're more fanboys and fangirls. I guess than, so. Like, I couldn't ex- remember what they did, other than they were, they were there. They are. I will stand by the fact that Team Yell is the least memorable of all the, like, quote-unquote evil teams. Like, they're yeah. not, they're not, not great. Sorry. The uh, the last bit is they also, it's been long rumored, but they're adding Fairy Wind as a fairy fast move, which is going to propel lots of different fairy types to uh, meta relevance. What's your big pick? What's your... Uh... I am most excited, based off of like what I have to use, I am very excited to try out, actually, Double Kick Nidoking, I want to try. Um, I'm excited for Tentacruel is getting Scald. And uh, Galarian Weezing with Fairy Wind should be stupid fun. But, uh, and then Lantern is also getting Surf, which has given a lot of people a lot of really good, uh, really good vibes. But the the last one I'll leave you with is, you're probably going to hear me complain about this for the next uh, few months, but Dunsparce is also getting rollout and people are already talking about using it. I'm really excited about that though. I'm I'm going to get that Pokemon. <laughs> it's oh, gonna no. it's gonna cause cause some problems. But uh, beyond that, there's some really good fun ones. Dub Wool should be pretty fun to use. I want to use Rune Regis is getting Shadow Claw. Awesome. Neoligo is getting Poison Jab to murder all the Zacians in Master League. So it'll be a fun time. That's not a sentence I thought I would ever hear ever. <laughs> Neolego is getting poison jab to kill all the Zashis. Well, Zashian in Pokemon Go only knows like Snarl Charm, Wild Charge, Close Combat, and Play Rough. Do you think they'll do a Behemoth Blade? Is is it? Is you guys have Crowned or just the? We don't. We know. We just have Fairy type right now. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense now. Yeah. So I was just thinking about things you would never hear people say in the Pokemon community. I thought I was just thinking about one other thing no one's ever heard people say in the Pokemon community. It's like, wow, Pokemon Sleep sure did come out. <laughs> I'm still waiting for Pokemon Sleep. God, no, that's not that's not that's not coming out. <laughs> On the note of Pokemon Sleep, did that all the news? Because that that was a lot. That was, that was an a lot. Dump. Yeah. That was a lot. All right. So if you're still with us, thank you so much. Let's finally talk about some foxes. So, Don, a question. Have you ever hunted foxes? Um, no, actually. Um, no, I, I've never really have. Um, there's not really that much of uh, foxes around where I am. Um, every now and then I will see one. I think they're pretty cool to see, I have to say. I do kind of like having them around. They're majestic if you see they them. stay out of my chickens. That's kind of the <laughs> one caveat. But no, I'm, I'm pre- I think foxes are neat. I mean, like, it's one of, they're one of those animals, like wolves, where certain people just attach onto them and, like, try and make their personality as much of it as they could. It's one of the reasons you kind of have to, like, you know, they talk about, like, horse girls, be careful, or, like, wolf girls. It's the fox people that are little yeah, there's bit. fox people, there's tiger people. people. Oh, there's, God, yeah. tiger people. I remember my time at Bush Gardens. Do not, if you say, oh, I'm, I'm. If you go to the tiger tour with like a shirt with like six tigers and a tiger bag and tiger pants, the tiger still knows you're a human. Like it's not going to be your oh, friend. People think they're going to blend in. They're either going to blend in or like attract the tiger or like bond with they were it. Just like, oh yeah, they're going to like see into his eyes. 
It's yeah, cold. no, and instead like the Tigers going to just see Goody something else for me to mark my yeah, territory they're gonna put, on. They're going to put their uh, their hands on the glass, and the Tigers going to do it too, and then they'll be like, "I see you, Jake Sully, or whatever oh my say in Avatar." If we're not we're not going to get into Avatar, Tom. <laughs> we don't want to do that. All right, so as far as foxes go. There aren't actually that many species today. There's only about 12 separate species. They're in the genus Vulpes, and they are technically along with the canids. They are closer to dogs than they are to cats. Uh, but they do live on most continents. Uh, the only places they really don't have a lot of like staying power in is Australia. Naturally, they were released there later, so we're not counting that. Uh, Antarctica, for cold reasons. And I believe South America, I think, might have one? Or... I think there's one that eats penguins. I mean, yeah, that's the ones in Africa, but like in oh, South that's America. The Afri- I thought there was a South American one that ate, like, maybe I'm wrong. Let, let me find out. So there's the South American gray fox. Thank you. That was it. Yeah. So they've made it to almost oh, every Oh, planet. oh, oh. They are not a true fox, though. Ooh. They are a unique canid genus more closely, rela- uh, closely related to wolves and jackals than true foxes. There but you have that it. Shows, that does show the convergent evolution. That does show the, uh, the, the confirmed, like, usefulness of that fox niche of like the very small canid predator that's stealthy um and kind of like very like uh willing to live on like the fringes mm-hmm. of like sort of like pred- predator life i guess mm-hmm. very uh so yeah we you see that that like that blueprint is really effective is when it's mirrored in another species like that that's what's so cool about foxes whereas canines like we're familiar with your dogs your wolves your jackals coyotes are much more built for running long distance and holding down a predator, a prey item and just like power, the foxes put all their points in agility and stealth. So they, most of them, they are the smallest of the canids. They're going to have typically denser fur, a fluffy long tail and a body that's muscle structures built for, for jumping and climbing and grasping their prey. So they're much more sneaky and they kind of have to be given how small they are. They can't power through something like a wolf can. You really do as, Don, you said it perfectly, live on the fringe, live on the outside and kind of eat what you can. Now, each species, because they kind of live all over the place, adapted to like a ton of different ecosystems, which is amazing to me. Like they adapt to the deserts, the forests, high and low altitude, plains, the tundra. They can handle a lot of different ecosystems and they're they're built like really, really differently. And the one thing they all share in common with each other is that they're almost always omnivores and opportunistic. Like they do not have like a hunting plan. It's like, that's food. I'm going to get it and eat it. I don't care what it is. And so they can adapt to eating bugs out of the sand. They can adapt to finding lemmings in the snow. They can pretty much do. Yeah. And many foxes have exceptional hearing um, that they'll listen for, for animals like lemmings that don't hibernate, but burrow through the snow. And you'll, there's pretty great videos of them uh, just like pouncing through the snow, through pretty deep snow too. It's impressive how well they can hear. In hunting, too, I was seeing that they actually are one of the animals that uses uh, the Earth's magnetic field uh, to help them hunt as sort of like as as a targeting system. I've heard that for like orientate. It's like orient themselves, right? Yeah. So basically, uh, what was hypothesized, they watched a bunch of foxes go like mousing when they like jump really high and come down on the prey. Yeah. Excellent YouTube montages to watch. And what they found is that the majority of the time they were facing... North, like north, northeast, they were facing the same direction. 
like they were orienting themselves in the same way. And so they, they, what they're thinking is that they have some kind of like shadow ring that they can see that they are able to use to kind of match up with where the prey is based on like their exceptional sound and hearing, uh, to get like, to essentially like lock onto the prey. That's so like, that's so out there. Like, how do you even, it's kind of like how people found out horseshoe crab blood could be used in medicine. It's like, how do you just think of this? How do you figure this out? The, uh, the, so they, they, I think it was like when they were oriented in that sort of Northern facing one, it was like a 75 plus percent success rate at hunting. And when they were facing another direction, it was like sub 20. Well, it works <laughs> again. I, they're pretty successful. Uh, that being said though, for centuries upon centuries, they've been hunted in almost every continent they live on for their meat and for their fur, uh, specifically in colder climates as well. Uh, there have been multiple attempts throughout the years, especially recently, to try and domesticate them, and success has been limited. Now, I know whenever I say this, someone is going to pull up a TikTok or a Google article they found or something that says foxes can make good pets. And I'm telling you right now, in the future, possibly. But domestication takes generations upon generations upon generations to cement. And foxes do not have the same attention span as a dog. They will wreck and break stuff. That is what they do. They wreck and break stuff looking for food. It is how they react. If you're thinking of getting a fox as a pet, please don't get a dog with an attention span problem. It's basically the same thing. Just get anyway. a Shiba. Get, oh, God, no. Not, don't tell me about the Shibas, please. That is nightmares from Japan. Yeah, they are, they're are a very mean. stubborn breed. They're, I like them, but they are very stubborn. They're like Literally, I'm walking down the street. I see like four sweet Japanese families with like Shibas. Not one of them wants to be leash trained. They're literally like being tugged along. Like, no, I want to stay. Yeah, they're, very, they're a very stubborn breed. It gives yeah, them like it's it's an interesting personality, but from what I, I what I've seen with them, this they're definitely like more on the stubborn side. Like they have their yeah. own opinions. Before we get into the uh the the folklore bit of foxes, Lucas, I have to share a story I found. I think it was like the sixties or seventies. There was a big rabies outbreak in like Switzerland, and they wanted to vaccinate the wild foxes, which were a major carrier for it. But hand vaccinating several thousand foxes is not the most practical application of your method. So they essentially, what they ended up doing is over years, they put vac the vaccination in chicken heads and airdrop chicken heads through, through the countryside of Switzerland. And the foxes would eat the heads and they would get the vaccine and it actually worked. The, the rate of rabies actually went down amongst the foxes. I like, how they airdrop them in because one, it's funny. And two, it actually works really well for the fact that it doesn't involve human interference. As far as the fox is concerned, it's like sweet free chicken head. Like yeah. it doesn't disturb yeah. the natural. It's awesome. I think it was like in total, like 52,000 chicken heads. So this is what happens when you don't have a military, you have like a constructed, like major military. You're just like, what do we do with all these planes? Well, we got a rabies problem out in the countryside. Y'all, y'all want to drop? I don't know why I'm giving it. Yeah, that's not, that's it. That's not a Swiss accent. Yeah. What? <laughs> yeah. Look, look. I don't want to be too offensive, and if I'm gonna, I'm living in the South. I will make a Southern accent as much as I want, and nobody can stop me. <laughs> All right, Lucas. Tell us about some of the folklore foxes. Okay, so this is the part that gets, um, well, kind of obvious. Would you believe me if I told you most people thought foxes were cunning and tricky? What? Yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh, a lot, and this is not something that you see only in Europe. The, the idea, it might be like a Eurocentric, it's spread out. No, no, no. This was like 
the Dogon tribe of Africa and random European villages all separately came up with stories about how tricky foxes were. And also, well, also like um, Native American foxes. Yes, too. Yeah, Native yeah. There's American. a lot of uh, a lot of folklore from a lot of different uh, like tribal groups and stuff, where the fox plays like the trickstery sorta. Yeah. It's just something about them, the way they move, the way they're stealthy, the way they're just like shifting through and taking your chickens or whatever, because that's and just so they also they like they way they if you've ever like sort of like not su- like really surprised a fox, then I'm pretty sure they kind of know you're around. But like one's walking and you're also walking and it sees you. It always stares at you like you just caught it, like doing crimes. Like <laughs> they just pause and they sort of hunch down. It's like when you come home and your trash is on the ground, and you know, your dog did it and your dog like won't look at you the same way. <laughs> the the fox is like I'll do it again, I'll do it again. Uh, in Asia, uh, we are going to be talking a bit more about this. Um, foxes are thought to be like usually powerful spirits, but they are also cunning and mischievous at times. And even to this day, we still portray that stereotype of foxes, whether they're on the good guy side of a cartoon or bad guy side. We even have the phrase "out fox" to be outsmarted or outdone. Like it's. It's everywhere. Every time you see a fox, it's seen as a trickster or clever character. It's it's interesting. You don't have a stupid fox on TV. Like, we need more stupid fox representation on TV. I'm tired of these smart ones being clever. Give me an idiot. Honestly, the fox that just came to mind was, uh, was it Nick Weil from uh, Zootopia? <laughs> For me, it's um, the fantastic Mr. Fox. Yes. That's a good one. Um, now, what about, um, like, Kitsune Lucas? Oh, we'll get we'll get to Kitsune. Okay. We are, it's okay. literally like spoiler okay. alert. That's like seventy percent of all the Fox Pokemon. Anyway, um, <laughs> just like that's all of them. Um, the, to answer one last thing, one of the things people ask a lot about foxes is if they are smart, and the answer is kind of okay. Think of it this way: if I told you that you had to go out into the woods and you had to survive with no clothes, with no weapons, and you had to survive that winter without hibernating by hunting, could you do it? Not really, right? Not, not exactly. Uh, how, co- how cold is this place? <laughs> I don't know. How cold is it where the Arctic fox lives? Yeah, that's cold. Yeah, like you have to just survive and figure it out. The fox can do this year after year after year without having to like be bigger, without having to be stronger, without having to be this super predator. They are an omnivore. They scavenge and survive as best they can they are not as like focused as a dog could be and they are not they they do get to socialize a bit with like groups about two to six they can get in territorial disputes but i think the whole fact that they're clever comes from the fact that when you look at a fox like straight up look at it and you look at how dangerous the world is around you from a like a survival perspective how did this thing survive how did this small fluffy little critter who screams like a terrified dying woman like just like how did this thing that screams like a horror movie thing just live scheming it does so by being well a little bit clever and i think that's kind of where the the feeling for them comes from there's the people who identify with them are the people who want to seem clever the people who identify with tigers want to seem strong and like for the foxes i think that's just one of those like yeah i'm a i'm a pretty clever sneaky smooth guy who can wiggle in and out of things and i'm a fox and that's kind of where they I think where a lot of people get that mindset of and where our ancestors did too. Anyone else got anything else to say about foxes? More dropping chicken heads? <laughs> no, <laughs> no I figured we'd get into the foxes. Yeah, okay, we got to get into Pokemon. I got I got things to say.
I'm going to be straight with y'all. If you want to figure out what each of the Fox Pokemon are based up, um, yeah, it's the, um, the Red Fox. That's it. That's all I got. That's all you need to know. Basically, there's, one of them. there's only one that is not a Red Fox, and we will get to them. But just about all the other Foxes. Actually, there's two. Te technically, there's two, Lucas. Techni uh, fine. Technically, there's two. But a good chunk of the Foxes are Red Foxes because in Japan, that's what they had. They had Red Foxes. They're living everywhere. That's what they worked with. And so if we're talking about a Fox, just assume it's a Red Fox unless they say otherwise. Um, they are found on every continent where foxes can be found. Uh, they're even found in Australia because people released them, like on like people like, hey, we're gonna hunt stuff. We're gonna we're gonna hunt stuff in Australia. Release more foxes, and it's it's weird, but yeah. So let's uh, invasive talk species be damned. <laughs> yeah, pretty much invasive species. What's that? Releases rabbits, foxes, whatever you can in Australia. See what happens. Uh, anyway. The first fox Pokemon, uh, Vulpix and Ninetales. So, Chris, you mentioned the Kitsune. Wait, wait, can we talk about how the fox uh, genus is Vulpes? Yeah, no, Vulpix, yeah. I was hoping you see and the I red was... fox is Vulpes, Vulpes, which I guess <laughs> is like red fox, red fox. I was hoping the, the listener. Fox, fox. I was hoping the listener would hear when I said Vulpes at the beginning, but yeah, no. Let's remind them again. It's not the most original English name, and nor is Ninetales. Because it has nine tails. So Honestly, whole... I kind of like that. I kind of like it. They just tweak it just enough that they're like, yeah, I get what you get. I get what you're doing. Yeah, we but I still appreciate the effort. <laughs> <laughs> so these were the first Fox Pokemon we got. I know some people are going to tell, what about Eevee? And I'm like, eh, but they're already, we already did like two episodes on them. They, I think they it's later in the Pokedex. Yeah, Vulpix so is listed first. So yeah, like people wanna, yeah, Vulpix is, and it was like Brock's like fire type that he just got is awesome. He just randomly has one. I'm a rock type gym leader. Yeah, he just had. <laughs> didn't he get it to be like? Uh, was he taking care of it for someone? And they had him keep it, or am I thinking of another one of his 37 Pokemon? <laughs> like I'm gonna be the rock type gym leader with this bat and this fox I found. Hey man, it's got to be grass coverage. Uh, it's true. All right, so they are based on Kitsune. Uh, if you don't know anything about Japanese lore, these are actually considered a yokai. Um, all. Foxes, according to the yokai lore, can turn into a human form. Uh, some were messengers for the god Inari. And the more tails they had, the more powerful and wise they were, upwards of nine. So if anyone has watched Naruto, it's a giant kitsune death demon monster. Enjoy that. Like That's, that's where the whole nine tails thing come from. It's been in mythology for a long time. So here's one myth that's pretty useful. They are known to generate fire. So, you know, there you go. That's why it's Vulpix and Ninetales are fire types. They, they just well, I think there's actually a, a species of glowing fungus called Foxfire, even. Really? You don't mm -hmm. say? That's cool. Um, the, apparently, according to mythology, they could also fly, create illusions. We'll get to that. Go invisible and uh, possess people. Well, that's not good. Uh, one of the um, one of the things I was reading that was like I didn't get a chance to put in the script is that the only way to get a Kitsune is to have two Kitsune reproduce, or a Kitsune spirit takes over the body of uh, basically a stillborn baby. Like, it's like, that's how you get a Kitsune. And like, that's really, really dark. Yeah. It's a well, little dark. Um, you brought up the illusions bit, Lucas, though, but there's like a very unknown, like, deck entry for Vulpix that says that it creates the images of ghosts with its fire. 
Oh, that's that's good. I could also like I also just imagine Vulpix like bullying people with the ghosts of their dead ancestors. He's like, Grandpa, duh, Lucas, don't catch the Vulpix. Give it treats. Let it go. <laughs> now, as far as Alolan Vulpix goes and Alolan Ninetales, they're based on the Arctic Fox, and the Arctic Fox is one of the coolest foxes out there. No pun intended. Just full stop. It's one of the best. It literally develops furry paws in order to deal with the cold. Its body is a lot stouter and shorter to deal with the frozen tundra. They can they don't shiver until it reaches about minus 90 degrees Fahrenheit. That's cold. They don't shiver. Like that. Yeah, at and all. they don't hibernate. Yeah, and they don't care. They're just, I'm going to dig a hole and survive. Everything about them is to maintain body heat and survive the cold. They also get a weird, interesting little bit in the Pokedex that's based on Hawaii. So in the decks, apparently, they were also known by another name in Alola called Kiokio, which translates roughly in Hawaiian to white or clear. And I think that's a fun little thing. There are no Arctic foxes in Hawaii. Just, just going to put that out there. Anyway, uh, they are also, as uh, Don said, that they are an organism that can kind of, like, they can hear the lemmings. Like, they actually did studies on their hearing to find out that their hearing, compared to other foxes, is much more tuned to the burrowing sound of other animals. So they're able to hear the very frequency of a lemming digging, where another fox might ha have the same ability, which is just super cool. I, I think that's amazing. It's like, really interesting, too, because their ears are, uh, like, much smaller and, like, than most other foxes for, like, the temperature retention. Mm-hmm. And so then they of must course, just be very, like, specifically shaped. Mm-hmm. And, of course, the, the jumping behavior that you can look on YouTube where, like, the fox dives in and, like, grabs it out of the ground with snowing. Uh, I've seen people trying to mimic that with their beds on TikTok. Of, like, the whatever random fox they have in their house. It's like, I don't I don't think you want that behavior trained into them. Just just saying. Well, the uh, Lucas, for the, the myth part of Alolan Vulpix, there was, uh, I think it was a Finnish myth for the Aurora Borealis. Uh, but I believe it translated into fox fires and it was the Borealis was created by a fox running across the sky and uh, sweeping its tail um, would create the light, the lights of the Aurora Borealis. That's cool. Maybe it's just the orange color on a red fox, right? That just like, maybe it can make fire. Maybe it can rewrite the stars. Maybe it can possess an unborn baby. Like just weird <laughs> stuff. Like just, I love humanity. One so of the much. above. <laughs> yeah, uh, no, it just takes your it, it just sneaks around your camp. Don't worry about it. Yes. So, I mean, I love them. Be between the two, which do you guys like better? The fire one or the ice one? I'm partial to the ice one. Myself. I like the ice one better. Yeah. Um, In terms of just design or like the actual foxes? Yeah, let's go with both. Um, I, I, I think I do like OG Volpix probably just for the nostalgia. Um, But uh, I, I think the Arctic Fox is a very cool animal. It's, it's so tiny and yet so capable of surviving something I could never even imagine. I despise the cold. Speaking of the cold, I have to bring it up. So they're not actually the – so they're not the – it's actually – you would almost expect them to be the largest fox um, because of the Bergman's principle that I love to yell about. Um, <laughs> but the red fox is actually the biggest fox, but the northern red foxes are the biggest red foxes. How big so, do they get? Um, trying to find – like it says – 45 to 90 centimeters in body length, which I'm assuming doesn't include uh, two point so 14 kilos is like, I guess, a real big one. That's a lot. That's like 30 pounds. Like that's probably, yeah. I mean, I'm not sure what like the absolute record is, but that's a big fox. I'm imagining when you're picking it up, it's just that same screen sound we were playing, just like, eh, 
can't put it down stop like every time you pick it up it just makes that sound yeah so on to it's the Fennec, next Fennec, we'll talk about fennec foxes yeah we'll, we'll we'll get to fennec we'll get to fennekin we actually remembered it this time so um the next one zora and zorark they are also red foxes and i know what you're thinking but lucas they're black in color but there are black morphs of red foxes like you can actually look it up yourself i i had to check because it's they are also going to be they're they're also red foxes. Just let's leave it at that. But they are also Kitsune. Team Pokemon like five generations later was like, you know what? Let's make another fox. And let's just take all the powers we didn't give Vulpix and give it to another one. Um, this also got really dark. Like, okay, so like they're focused on shape shifting and making illusions in mythology. Uh, the facial markings are based on the Japanese theaters like Kabuki, so that's where they get the reddish coloration. Now, this is the Pokedex that freaked me out. If a normally talkative child suddenly stops talking, it may have been replaced by Azura. Oh, I remember that. Okay, so that might be a changeling. Well, yeah, changelings was was I think that's in Ireland, but it was basically like fairies like replaced your baby with with a changeling that like would look like your baby. <laughs> Just to, like, get it fed and, and all that. And then, you know, historically, very problematic. Uh, because, like, people, like, thought their kids were acting weird and was like, man, this has got to be a changeling. Not, not, not a good time. I mean, yeah, I love the reasonings for it. Like, oh, no, the fairies need human milk. So they're going to be a baby so they can get it. Uh, trolls want to be raised by humans because they have a better, comfier education system. I don't know. <laughs> I just imagine that, like, all right, honey, we're going to put you in a good school. So we're going to replace this baby. <laughs> we're going to make sure that you go to the best school and the, the best schooling we can possibly give you. Now eat this. Now we're going to take this real baby and we're going to put you in here. Just stick around for like 10 to 12 years, get a good schooling, come back home, become a doctor. <laughs> I love it. Again, it's it's really creepy that they're cha- that they would add the changeling part to it, but again, I love Pokémon for just like every now and again, there's just a Pokédex entry that you're like, "Are you guys okay?" Now, of course, we cannot leave without talking about Hisui and Zoroark. I cannot wait to see this thing play. We have to talk about the one other fox, too. The one other fox? Yeah. We've got a couple more foxes, Don. Yeah, we got Oh, sorry, sorry. That's you. You can't leave. I thought we were, like, you you were already wrapping up. That's what I was like, wait a minute, Lucas. We have more foxes. No, 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 no. We have two more. We have two more. We're good. Yeah, sorry. We cannot leave Zoroark. Without talking about Hisui and Zoroark. My special normal ghost type that I'd been yelling about for years before we got it. I cannot wait to see this thing in a fight. I want to watch. This is the one Pokemon you do not want to change the typing of. Oh my god. I cannot wait to see the thing in a real fight. Because it's going to be so mean. I mean, it, it. it's a revenant. Like, it's a vengeful spirit. If you've never heard of a revenant before... Um, there's a lot of mythology on them, but the most the consistent... movie's not accurate to the book or the actual events. Thank you, Don. <laughs> they are typically the corpses of wicked people who are so restless and so spiteful that they come back to cause more trouble. So that's like a life lesson, I guess. That's the spiteful, po- or it's the baneful Pokemon. Baneful yeah, Fox. the baneful. Just like no, imagine someone just so like spiteful and mean, like the guy who gets kicked out of. Of every restaurant, the guy who like never tips, the guy who constantly like does the the terrible toast at a wedding, just the most spiteful, terrible, like average person you can think of. And he just comes back as like an evil ghost to keep doing it over and over. Again. Yeah, but like he drops a bunch of golden runescape. 
So yeah, no, I, I, I love Hisui and Zorark. I love the fact that they made the vengeful psychopath. It runs on hate and spite and it's back from the dead to kill you. That's Pokemon. That's so cool. <laughs> All right. So this next one, we're going to take a break from the Red Foxes. And we're going to talk about Fennekin. The least lore of all the foxes. It has two Pokedex entries. That's it. And yet the most magical of them. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's pretty magical. Um, it It's also the only starter where the middle evolution is more popular than the final evolution. That's because uh, Pokin, right? Yeah, Pokin tournament had Braxton as well as the anime had Braxton. And like she just became a lot more popular amongst the community because... I don't know. She just had good energy, but yeah, no, they're uh, they're Fennec foxes. If you need like a Disney reference, uh, you brought up Zootopia. A Fennec fox was what the little fox was, like with the big ears. So if they you are the it, smallest fox. Yeah, they're super itty bitty, just like the uh, the Arctic fox. Although they kind of did it in reverse, where they also grew up in a harsh, dry climate. This one was just really, really hot. But they went big ears to stay cool instead of small ears to stay warm. Very true. That's why their big ears are there, and that's why Fennekin's ears are as big as they are. Uh, in the Pokedex, it says it releases hot air at temperatures of over 300 degrees Fahrenheit. That's and dangerous. And it snacks on twigs. Yeah, so. it's just, yeah, it's just that's it. That's all you need to know about Fennekin. You don't need to know anything. Oh, I mean, foxes will will definitely eat plants um, if they need to. They're very, like we said before, they're true omnivores. So I guess like they might like some good twigs. Mm-hmm. Um, again, they, uh, I think what's really sad though, is that people in those areas of Northern Africa, where they're from, uh, will they have been known to be sold to tourists as pets. They are classified in the exotic pet in the United States. Um, yeah. If you're traveling in North Africa, please don't bring a Fox back. I'm serious. Don't, don't do that. Like, I understand that people are trying to make a living, but like, yeah, it's, it's one of the concerns that people have for the species is people might try and get them as pets and take them out of their wild ecosystem. You don't. What's wrong with dogs, guys? Honestly, what's if you're going to get an animal that's going to dig up your yard and break stuff and poop in the house, get a dog, please. Get a Shiba, anything. Just, just leave the foxes alone. But Fennekin um, does evolve eventually to the Delphox. Would you like to guess which mythology this one is tied to? I'll do Kitsune for 1,000. <laughs> it is 1,000 points to you, although only on technicality. According to what we found... Delphox is tied to the Kitsuno Moshi or the Kitsuno Tsukaji, which are witches that used foxes as familiars in Japan. They used the Kitsune. So they weren't so much Kitsune themselves, but they were using them to do their witchcraft and brouhaha. Did, did they burn witches in Japan? I don't think so. I mean, like Japan and its history. Like with fire religion. types a little on the nose. Yeah. If that was uh, the case. <laughs> <laughs> but like the, the, i mean they weren't they didn't have the same like views on religion as like the christian west did of like witch burn devil death japan had its own hang-ups with religion that were like yeah i didn't really... know if it was like the same like if they had like some version of a, an evil witch that was no still they narrow. they were pretty harsh on a lot of different religions i don't have the research enough to back it up in front of me so i will just leave it with the fact that in return for caring for the fox um, you get all the Kitsune's magical powers as a witch. You get to get all the firepower, all the illusions. You can get them to possess people. You can use all their powers. All you have to do is feed and take care of them. Maybe that's why everyone wants them as pets. They like heard the rumor. It's like, okay, so if I give you a house, you are going to like give me fire powers, right? Screams at human destroys house. Like, I think this is going to work out great. 
It's, it's just one of those things where it's like, no, Pokemon decided, all right, we're going to take this fox from North Africa and then make it Japanese. Maybe that's the selling point for those foxes. It's like, you want to buy this fox? It Maybe it gives you special powers. Yeah, it'll give you magic. <laughs> I mean, that's a pretty good sell. I mean, some guy bought a, uh, James bought a Magikarp in the anime because like, it'll, I mean, to be fair, that salesman didn't lie. Like he said, like, yeah, it's going to be a real powerful Pokemon. And then James lost his patience. Like, no, like that, I, I, just, I just think it's awesome. Again, Fennekin, I, I, I kind of wish it was more popular. Like, I know it's like Gen 6. The only one who got out of that one alive was like Greninja in terms of popularity. But like, feels kind of a bummer. All right. So last fox, Nicket and Thievil. That's the last one. Did I miss any of the other foxes? Did we get them all? I'm pretty sure because I think that I, not a fox before someone argues for something weird. Go go listen to our EV episodes. Yeah, like we have literally a part one and a part two EV episode. They they got literally almost two hours of coverage. That's their thing. They can have it. They're gonna all pass away from cancer anyway. Okay, so Thick Nicket and Thievil. Red foxes, Volpus Volpus. Uh as we've said before, they've spread all throughout, but Nicket and Thievil are built on the idea that foxes take things. They are built as thieves. Everything about them is built to steal. And I think it's really cool that they not only added the padded paws, but they also in the deck say that they have sent glands to mark stuff they're going to steal later. Real foxes have these glands too. Uh, they actually have something called a violet gland. Have you guys ever heard of it? Violet? I don't think so. No. So it's called the violet gland because apparently it smells slightly of violets. It's on their tail and they use it to mark their territory to communicate with Please other Please don't foxes. go sniff foxes. Oh, official God, no. dis- Official disclaimer. Yeah, don't, yeah do, do not, do not go, go sniffing sniff. foxes. How about you sniff actual violets? Go to your Lowe's, go to the gardening section, and just smell a violet. Don't go sniffing foxes. I have uh, no they idea will what bite. violets smell like. It's interesting because there was some research going over, like, what chemicals could make that smell. There's, dip- there's some thought that, like, it smells that way as an evolutionary trait to whereas foxes can tell that it's another fox. Another animal like a bear or a wolf might just smell violets or might just smell like it, this isn't a fox. This smells like flowers. This is not marking anything and just kind of leave. So it's a kind of like a secret code of like trying to find out like who uh, who's following you, who's not following you. I, I just think it's really interesting that that could be the case. It's something that naturally adapt with them. those sneaky foxes uh, yeah that's kind of the point i mean they do get that reputation for being thieves and they get that because anytime they're around humans they'll just take whatever they can easily grab they've been doing this for a century there's a reason why like the, the phrase fox in the hen house because they're sneaky enough to get in there grab a chicken or six and leave like they're good at it like that's why they get the reputation for taking stuff because we made it too easy I mean, I also, uh, one final note for Nicket and Thievil, though. It should have been in Kalos. We should have had this Pokemon in Kalos. Now, I understand the British had their history of hunting foxes, but uh, there are histories of thieves in France of Arsène Lupin. There's a great show on Netflix about him, but also there's an anime about him, and it's a great piece of French literature to learn about, like, the thief Arsène Lupin. It's, I, I just think it would have been great. I know between European, between the British and the French, like they guess they can share the foxes. But oh, I just really wish that there was a Lupin like reference because I'm a big fan of that anime and like the music is phenomenal. Maybe I'm just selfish. Who knows? I mean, in any case, hopefully going through all these foxes, you guys understand that with these Pokemon, they didn't like they used like one Pokemon, they used one animal three times 
to make a to make completely different Pokemon and then threw in a Fanakin just because they could and still added their own mythology to it. It's wild that they got away with so much with so little and it totally works for me. Like each one of these foxes plays completely different. I'm right about that, right? Like they all play like real different. Fox, they have been very successful with foxes and I would guarantee that we get another one in Paldea. I mean, that would be pretty interesting. I mean, the one thing everyone keeps clamoring for is another Eevee. Like, that's all they want. It's all anyone ever wants. It's all I want. I want a ghost Eevee. Don't make your brick joke. I don't need to use a brick. Remember, Eevee's the one that passes away if you don't evolve it. I just need to sit here and watch. Like, if you don't evolve it, it'll definitely turn into a ghost type. I want a bug Eevee. I don't know. What do you, how do you get a bug Eevee? Do you just, like, stick? All right. So, you see that pile of Weedles? Yeah. Yeet! Just throw it in there. See what happens. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm not sure how the logistics would work. <laughs> maybe, okay. I don't know, there's like, um, I don't know, maybe like, uh, the, you've seen the movie The Fly? Oh, oh, God, Chris, cut the episode. No, go to the closing. For the love of God, go to the closing. No, no, that was terrifying. Thank you for that. Uh, so... For those of you listening now, I hope you guys had a great time listening. I hope you guys learned a lot about foxes. And if you see them in your backyard, leave them alone. Unless they're bothering your stuff, in which case you probably want to chase them off. You don't want them to get too used to humans, but you also don't want them taking your stuff. Totally get that. Uh, If you are listening to this now, um, me and Don are probably at DragonCon. If you're listening to it on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, we got a whole bunch of panels going on. Uh, Don is going to be joining me. He's an unofficial host. Like, he's not like on the list, but he's like on the list. Like, he'll just be up on me with the stage. So, if you just look up Lucas Hernandez, me and Don will be doing all the Pokemon ones. It's going to be great. Oh, I'm looking forward to it. Oh, we're going to have so much. We're going to be talking about like Pokemon versus real animals, as well as a bunch of fossil Pokemon. It's going to be sick. It's going to be a great. You're going to love it. Dragon Con is like the best con. I know Colossal Con's amazing, and everyone should go to it, even me. But Dragon Con is like its own level. So, again, thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you so much for our patrons. Thank you so much for all of our listeners. You guys have kept us going this long, and we are coming up to our five years. And, um, oh, yeah, no, I've got something planned. I'm still fixing up the sheet. Oh, we got plans for this one. You know what, Lucas? Five more years, and we'll be ready to be a Pokemon trainer. Five more years. Yeah, we can go out. Does Pokemon show up after after 10 years and just give us our own real Pokemon? Like, congratulations. Here, here, Don, have a Torkoal. Like, they just try and hand you, like, a 300-pound tortoise. Please. <laughs> like, only if you can pick it up. <laughs> like, every one of us gets, like, Lucas, you get a Magikarp. Chris, you get a Flatbull. Don, roll out the truck. Give him the tortoise. <laughs> I want it. <laughs> All right. Thank you guys so much for listening. Have a great rest of your day. Let's just get out of here. I got a Conda pack for you.